Welcome back to Maya, my dear friends. It's time again for My Yoga Audio, where we focus on your mind and your body on the mat. I'm your host, Megan Morgan, and today in episode five, we're going to wade a little further into the pool and practice of yoga. I wanted to start off with a question I received from someone who has never done yoga before. I've answered this question on my website at myyogaaudio.com and included it in the frequently asked questions section so you can refer back to it if you need to. If you've never done yoga before, yes, you can definitely do Maya. I start slowly, introducing some of the basics and history of yoga, easing you into foundational movements. Over time, we develop further, and you can always take breaks and modify should you need to. One thing I wanted to bring up is the speed of this podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, did you know, once you begin the episode, you can look in the lower left corner where it says 1x. You can change the speed at which the episode is playing and adjust it to your pace. If you want me to be speaking slower to give you time to catch up while you're learning, or you can play it more quickly if you want a more fast pace. I try my best to pace it out nicely here in spoken form, but just know you can do this to enhance your experience by speeding it up or slowing it down should you wish. Huge thanks to Chase Mitchell of Upstarter Podcast for this really, really helpful tip. Something else I wanted to mention is that although this podcast is primarily my labor of love, it's my way to give back to yoga what it has given to me. I wanted to share something with all of you in the hopes that it might be a win-win. Over the last few years, as my presence on social media and online in general has started to grow a little bit because of yoga, I've partnered with certain brands that I believe in. They help me to achieve my goals and they fit into my life and style. One of those brands that especially fits into what I wear when I'm doing yoga is Lively. They specialize in lounge, fitness, and intimate wear for women. They've got cute looking and affordable styles just about no matter what your size, including lacy bralettes that can be layered under casual wear and cozy but supportive bras that are ideal, nice and soft for practicing yoga. You can save 10% on your first order if you're a new customer using my specialized code, which is www.wearlively.com slash capital A, capital M, capital B, dash love in this life now love in this life is my instagram name l-u-v-i-n-t-h-i-s-l-i-f-e i'll be posting this on the website and instagram too so that you can easily copy and paste the code and start enjoying a comfortable and cute look for yourself or for someone you care about for less money at the same time your purchases help to support me and the continuation of this podcast so Let's begin. And as when beginning any new movement or routine, consider consulting with your physician before starting something new to be sure that right now is the best time to practice yoga. Today, let's start on our mats in what's called crocodile or makarasana pose. Crocodile involves laying face down on your mat, but you can bend and fold your arms in front of you and rest your forehead on them. You can also just press your forehead into the mat or rest on your chin. 
Basically, you're finding a pose where you can lie down on your belly and be comfortable for a few clearing breaths. Close your eyes. If you feel uncomfortable, you can place a folded blanket underneath your chest or any area that might need additional support. If you can, turn your feet in slightly so that your big toes are touching and your heels are splayed out to either side of your mat. Keeping your eyes closed, take a few steady breaths in through the nose and out through the nose. From here, we're going to gently move into Sphinx Pose or Salamba Bhujangasana. This is a back bend in yoga that helps to open the chest, the lungs, and the low back. It's a great prep for upward facing dog, which we'll explore at another time. And Sphinx is done on the forearms, so it takes pressure off of your wrists. Begin by bringing your elbows directly underneath your shoulders and lift your chest forward and up. Before you begin to lift up your upper body, roll your hips from side to side and lift up each leg a little bit. This will help you to release any bits of tension in the legs and the hips before putting more pressure on them within the pose. You might notice that this pose closely resembles the mythological half-lion creatures immortalized in Egyptian statues. If this position feels too intense for you, you can widen your elbows. If it feels like nothing, try walking your hands forward on the mat, straightening your arms and lifting up higher. This is called seal pose. It's a variation on Sphinx, but you still need to keep your head lifted and your breath smooth no matter which you choose. Like many other yoga postures, you'll want to roll the shoulders back and down and squeeze the shoulder blades together. You don't want to be holding your breath, nor do you want to crunch into your spine to achieve lift. Something that many people aren't aware of is that yoga also has roots in Kemetic, which is Egyptian and African culture, in addition to India. Ancient Egyptian paintings and cave hieroglyphics contain a plethora of some of the most well-known yoga positions we practice today, and Sphinx Pose is just one of them. So here we are in Sphinx Pose. As we move through, relax your belly and your bum. Many of us, myself included, have a tendency to squeeze the glutes in in an effort to lift ourselves up higher, but you need to relax the entire body and take advantage of the natural lift your breath will provide. Do squeeze the shoulder blades together. This will help you to keep your heart lifted forward and up and not sink all of the pressure of your body weight into your elbows. To come out of this pose, simply slide your arms out and down and return to crocodile pose for a few breaths. Next, we're going to move into Falakasana, or plank pose. This pose is challenging. It generates heat. It stimulates the navel chakra, which is your core, essentially. The Sanskrit word phala means to bear fruit or ripen. And in yoga, the idea of tapas is usually translated as heat, passion, or discipline. And this is what fuels your physical asana practice or posture of yoga. The more you practice, the more you build upon your own internal flame, and then that fuels every aspect of your life. Plank pose then can be an opportunity to ripen or bear fruit 
in some way each and every time. And the ability to hold this pose with steadiness and calm can create major shifts in your practice and your life. So let's start on our hands and knees and center your shoulders right over your wrists. Extend one leg back behind you, curling the toes under, and then try the others. Breathe intentionally through your nose and consciously lengthen your neck up and away from between your shoulders. Keep your head in line with your shoulders. If this becomes too much after these first few breaths, you can bring your knees back down and build up your endurance slowly. It's really important, no matter which version you choose, knees down or up, that you activate your core or belly muscles here. If you don't know how to do this, a little cough, <coughs> it becomes quite clear. For students with any wrist pain, you can create fists with your hands and press your knuckles into the mat with your palms facing each other instead of placing your hands flat on the floor. I'm going to include a big note here. Many teachers discourage this, and in general, I do too. But as someone who also personally has a history of multiple wrist fractures, when I first started practicing, plank pose and down dog were awfully painful for me. So I get it. And if you have to do this, go ahead. But try as much as you can to keep the hands flat and right under the shoulders and hold the pose for shorter time periods or just bring the knees down. Over time with practice, you will learn to bring the weight of your body into your core and into your legs, not your hands and shoulders. But it takes time, patience, and practice. If both your legs are extended, start to press your heels towards the back of the mat. Don't hold your breath, hold the pose. Feel the belly expand down towards the mat on an inhale and then pull it back up towards your spine in the ceiling on an exhale. Your heart should feel lifted, which might sound crazy. You're facing the ground, but you need to feel that lift in your chest. So squeeze the shoulder blades together to help with this and visualize a beam of light coming out of your chest. Keep engaging your core. How? Try doing another little cough. <laughs> those muscles will fire right up and you can bring your focus there. If you want an extra challenge, keep the pressure steady between your palms and try lifting one foot off the floor at a time. Start by holding this pose for 10 seconds and then challenge yourself to get up to 60 seconds or longer over time. Let's move on now to seated forward fold also called Pachimottanasana. You might recall that in episode four, we did Uttanasana, or standing forward fold. Seated forward fold is essentially the same pose. The only difference is that you are seated and there are more modifications that you can try. So starting in a seated position, have your legs straight out in front of you. And then flex your feet and take a big breath in and reach your arms up high while pulling the belly in. As you breathe out, start reaching forward and down towards your legs. You might reach your thighs or your knees or perhaps even your shins or your feet, but the aim isn't to reach anything, however. It's to stretch the backs of the legs so don't hunch your back in an effort to go further. Feel free to bend your knees even a little or a lot, or you can modify and do one leg at a time. 
just take your opposite foot, place it on the inside of the thigh for stability. Don't bounce. This doesn't help your breath or your muscles. Just breathe deeply and be okay with where you are at. If you're very limber, perhaps you bring a block to the bottom, the soles of your feet, and you can start reaching past the body itself if you so desire this kind of extra challenge. If you've decided to bend your knee and curl one foot in, take a moment now to switch your sides and bend the opposite knee. As we come out of this seated forward fold, we're gonna move into bridge pose or Setu Bandha Sarvangasana. This is a beginner back bend that helps open the chest and stretches the top of the thighs and the hips. A block is very helpful to have here. Because your heart is higher than your head in this pose, it's considered to be a mild inversion. Inversions are upside down poses, but this is less stressful or strenuous than other inversions such as headstand or handstand. It still offers all the same benefits of inversions, which includes stress relief. Bridge pose also really helps to calm the mind and is known to be therapeutic for individuals with high blood pressure. And because it opens the chest, it increases lung capacity as well. Lying on your spine on the mat, bring your feet about hip distance apart and line your knees up directly over top of your ankles. And then roll your shoulders back and down and start to reach your hands towards each other underneath the spine. See if you can clasp your fingers together to form one fist and start to press evenly into your feet and lift your hips up off the mat, rising towards the ceiling or the sky. This is another great place to use a block that can be placed on the low, medium, or high setting, depending on the curve of your spine and what you need. Just goes into that wide, flat space, not directly under your seat and not in the curve of the low back itself, just between those two. If you don't have a block, you can also try using pillows or bolsters. And you can practice this with different heights, but eventually you may want to try without a support and really lift those hips and thighs towards the sky without a support. This relies only on your breath and muscle capability. So if you do this without a block or a prop, clasp your fingers together underneath you firmly and press even more firmly into your feet to get that extra lift. And a reminder to keep your knees in line with your ankles. Having your feet too far away or too close can cause unnecessary back and knee pain. Next, we're gonna move into hero pose or varasana. You'll probably notice that we're sticking quite close to the mat so far and concentrating a lot on the lower body and legs. I've done this intentionally. In episode four, we moved around quite a bit, exploring seated, standing, and lying down postures. And ideally, a yoga practice involves a variety of positions that challenge you in different ways. But one of the things I wanted to emphasize with this episode was the importance of grounding and connecting to the lower body in particular. Staying close to the mat and the ground itself requires our concentration to stay focused on our immediate surroundings. Sometimes in standing poses, difficult balances, or vinyasa flows, we can become distracted with motion and all the up and down and all around movements that make up that rhythm. So just see how this feels in your body as compared to what we did last time. 
So now back to hero pose. And I'll be honest, this can be truly challenging, especially for those with tight knees, thighs, or ankles. But over time, and when practiced safely and with props, it can actually really help with your mobility. Beginners should start by using props like blocks, rolled blankets, and pillows, and take it slow. So we start by kneeling down with knees about hip distance apart, and you're sitting back on top of your heels and your calves. If this is not possible, use a blanket, blocks, or bolsters to allow you to sit back with some support, either between your calf muscles and your hamstrings, or by sitting directly on a cushion or a block. It can take months, even years, to reach your full version or expression of this pose, so take your time. Essentially, typical hero pose means you're kneeling and also sitting in between the legs and the feet. Because you can modify with props, you can keep the legs and the feet even together when you first start to have a stronger base of support underneath you that doesn't overextend the knees, hips, and legs. You should feel internal thigh rotation. Do not practice hero pose if you're currently suffering or recovering from a knee, knee excuse me, or ankle injury. And if so, still only attempt it with permission from your doctor or surgeon. You always want to be sure to work within your own range of limits and abilities and forcing the body to endure pain. Or if you're holding your breath, these are signs that you've had enough or too much and it's time to back off or not attempt the pose further at this time. Now you can stay seated upright just as you are and try resting your palms on your thighs. Some people like to slowly bring their hands behind them and rest them on the mat. Or you can try bending your elbows and resting them behind you also on the mat. Some people are also capable of lying all the way down on their spine in this kneeling position. Don't worry about how far back you can go or if you can go back at all. For many of us, just sitting upright is more than enough. Whichever version you choose, breath awareness is key. If you can't keep your breath smooth, you're doing too much. Again, try rolling a blanket, sitting behind you on your knees, or sit on two blocks if you need to, to ease any tension. Okay, we're going to move on to the feet now, but we're still staying close to the mat for wide-legged forward fold, also known as Prasarita Padottanasana. This is a calming forward bend that stretches the hamstrings in the back. There are several arm variations and other modifications available, making this great for practitioners of all levels. So let's start by stepping our feet wide apart and making sure the feet are parallel with one another. You can even turn the tops of your feet in a little bit for extra stability. Take a big breath in and sweep your arms up high. And on an exhale, bring your palms together through your heart's center and then start reaching both hands slowly towards the floor. Don't be shy about bending your knees a little or a lot. You don't wanna injure yourself by forcing the legs to be straight. If they feel good being straight, then let them be. If it's too much, bend them. Keep all the edges of both of your feet pressed down firmly into the mat. And as you reach towards the floor or a block, do so with consciousness and intention. You may need two blocks, 
or maybe you're working with a chair in front of you. You may be able to comfortably just set the top of your head down onto the floor. Everyone is in a different space and place in their practice, so just move slowly and in tune with your inhales and exhales if you can. Listen to your body signals. Practicing Prasarita Padottanasana usually feels expansive and soothing, but if you feel cold at all, move especially slowly. Ask yourself if your feet and legs feel okay just where they are. Did you step too wide? Maybe you can heel toe your feet a little bit closer together or even a little bit wider if you took a more timid stance. What does your intuition tell you about what you need right now? As we ease out of wide-legged forward fold, simply heel toe your feet closer together until you can find a normal standing position. And shrug out your shoulders a little bit. Turn your head from side to side. Pick up each of your feet and roll the ankles out. Flex those toes. Now we're going to move towards chair pose, also known as Utkatasana. Chair pose is one of my favorite positions. It's challenging and it causes me to really think about my place in the world. And to me, it represents embodied freedom. So start with the feet again, about hip distance apart. and Start to bend into both knees while sitting back slightly in your pretend chair. And then lift your arms forward and up in front of you. I'll warn you now that these instructions seem simple enough, but chair pose is challenging. You will likely begin to feel it within a few seconds in the thighs. The heart rate increases. You may be aware of tension in the arms. And although it's simple enough to explain and to teach, it's staying in this position that's challenging. It taxes the whole body, but most of all, the mind. As you continue to stay in it and decide whether you want to be sitting at a bar stool, a counter stool, or a dining chair, focus only on what you can do and your breathing. As in most yoga poses, take a moment to roll your shoulders back and down, lift your chest, spread your fingers, Visualize your tailbone and tuck it under just a little bit while still pulling in the belly and breathing deeply. Your palms are facing one another and you are finding your literal and metaphorical seat and then committing to it. This is your personal challenge in this pose. Sometimes in an effort to ease the strain that you might be feeling, I ask people to take a seat and use our strength for someone or something else, to give it to someone we want to honor, someone who really needs it right now, a boost of our own unique energy and stamina given as a gift freely to another. So who are you doing chair pose for today? Is it you or someone else? What else is needed as you sit lower and lower and a little bit lower. Big breath in and a big breath out. On your next inhale, rise up slowly to standing and then do a little body wiggle. Shake up the arms, shrug the shoulders, roll your ankles and shake your feet. 
<sighs> Letting it go. Moving on now, we're going to go into pyramid pose, also known as Parsvottanasana. To begin this pose, step your right foot forward about two to three feet in front of your left foot. Both legs are straight and both sets of toes are pointing forward. This is another great position to bring in a block. Lift your upper torso, your body, as tall as you can on a breath in. And just stand in this pyramid shape with your legs for a breath or two. Then on a breath out, pressing firmly into both feet, start to lean forward, keeping your hands on your hips so that your hips stay parallel and you don't start to twist them. Keep your spine straight and your chest lifted. Don't hunch your back. This is a great leg stretch specifically for the backs of the legs, hamstrings, calves, Achilles area, and the foot. It feels great anytime, but especially after long periods of sitting or even intense activity when your muscles need lengthening and release. So at this point, you're probably suspended in the air somewhere between your heart and your thighs. Breathing steadily. You may find your face close to your knees. If you are close to your knee or thigh, see if you can't gently touch your nose to your knees and stay steady. If you are still suspended in the air, you can reach towards your knee, a block, your foot, or the floor while still keeping your spine nice and long. Again, a reminder, we don't want to round our back to reach somewhere. The intent is to feel lengthening on the backs of the legs. To come out on this side, bend into your front right knee a little bit and safely rise up again on a breath in. Straighten both legs and then pivot or step over to have your left foot now leading. So as we move into this left side, since we're switching sides, just notice if anything feels different. Likely you do feel a difference because, well, we've just stretched out the right side. So it might feel a bit tingly or perhaps there's just muscle awareness. So as you straighten both legs and start to fold on an exhale, don't lock your knee, especially if you have knee injuries or pain. Always keep a slight bend in your front knee as you lower and raise out of the position. Another thing to keep thinking of is keeping both feet flat on the floor. You can even try lifting up your toes to ensure you're applying even pressure between both feet. You're hinging forward, right? So you want to make sure your weight stays balanced and doesn't all go into the front leading leg. Whatever you do, though, don't clench your toes. This shifts you off balance and can put too much strain on the ankles. Gentle reminder that you can bring in a block to bring the ground closer if you need one. And you can also try arm variations. If reaching forward doesn't feel right or causes you to hunch the back, you can try clasping the hands together behind you on the low back. You can also try pressing your palms together at heart center. And just like on the right side, we want to aim to keep the back straight, the shoulders rolled back and down and the chest lifted. We're bringing awareness and lengthening our leg muscles. We are literally finding our feet and grounding ourselves in this space. Finally, lower your head and chest as far as they will go on an exhale and then rise back up on an inhale. Bend the front knee slightly as you come up. So 
Now I want to bring you into a pose that's still mostly legs and grounding focused, but one where we bring a little bit more lift with the arms. Even though we're focusing on the lower body and grounding today, I want to be mindful about balanced practice. And Eagle Pose or Garudasana is one of those poses that does this nicely. To come into Eagle Pose, start in Tadasana or Mountain Pose. If you'll remember back to our last episode, mountain pose means standing tall at the top of your mat, palms facing forward, shoulders rolled back and down. Take a breath or two here, just gathering yourself and preparing to think about Garuda or the mythical king of the birds. What is in store for you in this new position today? Next, start to bend your knees slightly and then lift your left foot up. And balancing on your right foot, cross your left thigh over and on top of the right one. Point your left toes towards the floor, or you can try to press the left foot back and then hook the top of your left foot behind the lower right calf and ankle. Continue to balance on the right foot. You may feel yourself struggling to balance here or that the foot needs to touch down on the floor like tree pose or that it doesn't fit behind the calf or the ankle at all, and that's okay. Just keep trying. Calm your breath and calm your mind, and find a spot in front of you to focus on that isn't moving. This will help you to be steady. We're halfway there, so stick with me as we move to step two. Stay balancing as you are with legs crossed, and then slowly start to stretch your arms forward, parallel to the floor, palms facing down, and then cross your arms in front of you so that the right arm is above the left, and then bend your elbows. Tuck the right elbow into the crook of the left and raise the forearms perpendicular to the floor. The backs of your hands should be facing each other. I'll repeat that again because I know without a visual, it might be hard to absorb this pose if you've never done it before. And I'll be sure to also post a visual of this post on Instagram to help you along. Stretch your arms forward, arms parallel to the floor, palms facing down, and then cross your arms in front of you so that the right arm is above the left, and then bend your elbows. Tuck the right elbow into the crook of the left, and then raise the forearms perpendicular to the floor. The backs of your hands should now be facing one another, and next, you will press the right hand to the right and the left hand towards the left. So the palms are now facing each other and you can press the palms together as much as this is possible for you. Lift your elbows up and stretch your fingers towards the ceiling. So essentially, you have twisted prayer hands, your elbows are in line with your shoulders, and you are lifting up the upper body while sitting into the lower body, also with legs crossed. You could maybe call this pretzel pose. So keep standing, keep pressing your standing foot into the floor. For this position, you may also find it easier to do it right on the floor instead of on a cushiony mat to help with balance. With each breath in, lift your breath, your head and your elbows a little higher. And on each breath out, sink a little more into the feet and legs. There is a miraculous exchange that starts to happen in yoga when you can feel how your breathing and the postures are connected to each other in a beautiful and reciprocal relationship, and it feels like flow even when you're standing still. Okay, I know this is a challenge, so let's start to come out 
and unwind the arms slowly and unwind the legs. Allow yourself a moment here to maybe roll out the neck and shake the body loose again before we switch to the other side. And now as you're ready, start to bend your knees slightly and again, lift up your right foot and balancing on your left foot, cross your right thigh over and on top of the left one. Point your right toes towards the floor and with legs crossed, or you can try to press the right foot back and then hook it on top of the right foot below the lower right calf. Continue balancing on the left foot. If you are a beginning student, Eagle can feel very unstable, so feel free to use a wall as a support here if you need. Just don't give up trying and do what you can in this moment and be okay with that. To move into part two, stay balancing as you are, and then slowly start to stretch your arms straight forward parallel to the floor, palms facing down. And then cross your arms in front of you so that the left arm is above the right. And then bend your elbows. Tuck the left elbow into the crook of the right and raise the forearms perpendicular to the floor. The backs of the hands are now facing each other. I'll repeat again because I know without a visual it might be hard to absorb this pose if you've never done it before. Stretch the arms forward, parallel to the floor, then cross the arms in front of you so the left arm is above the right and then bend your elbows. Tuck the right elbow into the crook of the left and raise the forearms perpendicular to the floor. The backs of your hands are now facing each other and next you can press the right hand towards the right and the left hand towards the left. So now the palms are facing each other and pressing together. Lift the elbows up and stretch the fingers towards the ceiling. You have twisted prayer hands, your elbows are in line with your shoulders, and you are lifting the upper body while also sitting into the lower body with legs also crossed. I should note here that for some people, whether it's due to broad or large chest mass or even arm muscle size, crossing the arms in front of you and having them meet might actually not be possible. If this is the case for you, don't worry. All you do is just cross your arms however you can in front of you. Try placing your hands on your shoulders. It's like a little bit of a hug. Or you can also just keep your hands and arms straight out in front of you and practice with the legs crossed only. If you're a seasoned practitioner and want to try a challenge in this pose, once your elbows are raised, try to slowly hinge forward with the upper body and see if you can touch the elbows towards the knees while maintaining that pressure between your palms. Remember to lower on a breath out and come back up as you breathe in. Keep pressing the standing foot and leg into the floor firmly now as we start to come up and out of eagle pose on this side. Try to hold on to as much composure as you can while moving, even if a foot comes down in a hurry in order to maintain your standing position. Part of doing yoga is practicing moving with confidence and grace, no matter what the expression of the pose looks like. There you go. Beautiful job. There is a pose now as we start to wind down that I want to introduce that will bring one more arm movement into our practice before we make our way back down to the mat. This is a version of a standing side stretch called Parsva Urdhva Hastasana. Sometimes it's also called standing half moon pose. 
I'm going to show you my favorite variation on this with legs crossed today. But usually you can do this position with legs standing either together or hip distance apart. You can, of course, do whichever version feels best for you. So standing tall, cross your right leg over your left. Your pinky toes should be facing one another and the feet should be pressing firmly down on all sides towards the floor. Play with the positioning of your feet until you can achieve this. If your feet are lifting up, stress is going to go into your ankles and we don't want that. So try moving the feet closer together or further apart until you can arrive with both feet safely and firmly pressing down. Next, on an inhale, your arms rise up. Take hold of your right wrist, and as you exhale, pull that arm and lean over to the left, opening your chest. On an inhale, and after a few breaths, come back to center. Take another big inhale, and then start to fold forward towards the floor. So you're keeping your feet as they are. Keep the feet flat, steady here, and move slowly. Having a block is handy so you can rest your fingertips or palms on top of it. If you can comfortably reach your feet or the floor, then do so. And if you can't, reach for a block. And if you can't do that, can simply keep your hands on your hips. After a few breaths and on an inhale, rise back up through center. Reach your arms high. Uncross your legs and switch sides, bringing your left foot across your right one and planting it down. Same as on the other side, you want your feet to be fully pressing down and the ankles not taxed whatsoever. And note, it may feel different side to side. It definitely does for me. And on this side, the left side, I definitely feel more tension for sure. It's okay. Just take your time and find the best foot positioning that you need. Next, on an inhale, your arms rise up. Take hold of your left wrist. And as you exhale, pull that arm Lean over towards the right this time, opening your chest. On an inhale, after a few breaths, come back to center. And take another big breath in and start to fold forward towards the floor. Keeping the feet flat and steady here, moving slowly. Maybe you have your block ready again to rest your fingertips or palms on it. Or perhaps you comfortably reach your feet or the floor. If you can't reach for a block, simply keep your hands on your hips. Be mindful of your breathing here. Do you find yourself holding your breath in another attempt to push yourself? Let it go. Breathe freely. If you hold your breath, any pose effectiveness is lost, and we don't want that. The key to yoga, more than any body's ability, is the smooth flow of your breath. Okay, last few poses here as we bring ourselves back down to the mat again. I'm going to introduce Sleeping Half King Pigeon here, also known as Eka Pada Raja Kapotanasana. This is an intense pose, so I'm going to talk about two positions actually, in case it's too much for you. So let's start on all fours, hands and knees. Start to bring your right knee forward towards the top of the mat. Now you can use your left hand to help you here or just see if you can turn your right shin to align with and be parallel with the top of your mat. And this may or may not be possible. Pressing into your palms in front of you, start to stretch your left leg back out behind you as long as it is possible on the mat. This is where it starts to become apparent 
how this is going to go for you right now. So for some people, this position results in too much intensity in the muscles surrounding the knee, the hips and thighs, and they may need to point their right toes more towards the bottom left corner of the mat. For others, they may find that the right hip is lifted really high off the mat and they feel too much intensity there. For this, you can simply slide a block, bolster, or pillow underneath that raised hip. If you are doing okay, feeling intensity but not pain or a major need to change position stay as you are. If you would like to, you can start to try and bring the upper body down towards the mat, maybe perching on your elbows, a block, or even lying right down on top of your bent knee in front of you. Keep in mind, the hips should be staying parallel with one another. And the further down you fold, generally the more intense this pose will become. I'll encourage you to keep holding the pose, but not the breath, as I talk through another option for any listeners who might may find this pose totally inaccessible for their bodies. If so, come onto your spine and lift both legs up into the air. Bend your right knee and slide your right foot across the left thigh. Reach up and feed both arms and hands behind both legs, forming a gentle lock. It's also called thread the needle. Let your left foot and leg just drop down and hang there, and then flex your right foot. Pull in behind your knees to stretch the same muscles as those who are in half king pigeon right now. Be aware of your spine on the mat. It shouldn't be lifting up so that you can reach behind your knees. If it does happen initially when you reach, it's okay, but try to get it back down to the mat so your spine can relax and you can focus on the leg and hip muscles you're literally holding in your own arms and breathe. To switch sides, if you're prone and facing your mat and sleeping half king pigeon, start to come up slowly onto the elbows and the palms. To fully release, you could just come up into downward facing dog temporarily or a cat cow position on the hands and knees. Just release that right leg, shake it out, get some movement, maybe you extend it forward and back side to side. And as you feel ready, start to move into that left side. I personally find it easier to come into sleeping half king pigeon from down dog rather than on all fours, but you get there how it works best for you. If you're supine or lying on the back in your version of this pose, simply unwind the legs, shake them out a little bit and switch to bending your left knee. Slide the left foot across the right thigh Drop the right foot and take hold behind your knees again while flexing your right foot. If holding on behind your knees feels like enough pressure, stick with it. If you want to try to add a little more intensity, you can clasp your hands on top of your knees too. This brings a bit more pressure, which you may or may not need. Just trust the signals your body is giving you in this time and honor them. For those of you doing the prone version facing your mat, if you haven't already, start to bring your left knee forward towards the top of the mat. And now you can use your right hand to help you here or just see if you can turn your left shin to align with and be parallel with the top of the mat. This may or may not be possible or it may even be radically different than what you experienced on the other side. It's okay. It's just our bodies revealing where we are at and you are in control of where you are going. So... Press your palms in front of you. Start to stretch your right leg back behind you. 
Make it long, long as possible on the mat. If you're doing okay, feeling intensity but not pain or a major need to shift your position, stay as you are. If you would like to, you can start to try to bring the upper body down towards the mat, perching on your elbows, a block, or even lying right down on top of your bent knee in front of you. Remember, the hips should be and stay parallel with one another in this position. Don't allow a twist to come into your torso and your hips in an effort to get further down towards the floor. This isn't helping you. The further down you fold, while maintaining the proper alignment in the hips and the legs, generally the more intense and effective this pose will be. This position has a reputation as an emotion instigator. It's one of the poses where people often feel like they might or actually do cry. This is because we store a lot of emotion in our hips. And we tend to think of the heart as the storehouse for our feelings, but our hips are a huge part of the equation as well. And when we work them, stuff tends to come out. So if it does, that's totally okay. You might even feel anger rather than intense emotion that results in tears. It's also perfectly normal to just feel good here, despite the intensity happening in your body. For a lot of people, getting into these intense muscles and emotions is a relief and a balm for their mind and body at long last. Which are you right now? A few more breaths on this left side here, and then we'll start to make our way towards Shavasana and rest. If you're facing the ceiling or the sky in this version of the pose, your transition to Shavasana should be relatively simple. Release the legs gently, bend the knees, and let your feet come to rest on the floor. Let your knees swing from side to side, maybe even open up your arms wide and just release in this way with a gentle movement back and forth, back and forth. If you're facing your mat, start to press up onto the elbows, the palms, and then gently lean over onto your left side. Eventually, you can lean enough that you swing your right leg around from behind you to right in front of you, and then you just lay back on your spine. Bend the knees, open your arms wide, and join into the movement of letting your knees go side to side. Feel your heart opening, your belly releasing. Maybe you stretch each leg out long as well if you're still feeling the intensity of the bent knees from our previous pose. Eventually, feel yourself coming back to center on your mat and begin to close your eyes. On our last episode, Shavasana was a guided meditation with sound. This time, I'll get you started into Shavasana with a few words, but let's now try to see if you can stay in Shavasana without a guiding voice but with a little bit of sound still to guide you through. Bring your attention to your feet, your legs, your belly, your chest, your arms, and your head. Do a visual scan of your whole being on a breath in and a breath out. Do any last wiggles, movements, and noticing. Take a big, giant breath in and kind of hold it at the top of the inhale for a moment. One, two, three, 
four, and then let it out forcefully. One more time. Take a big, huge, loving breath in and hold it, hold it, hold it. And if you feel the need to do that one more time because you like things in threes like I do, go ahead. And now there's nothing left to worry about or think about for now. Close your eyes. Open your palms towards the sky. Let your heels be towards each other and your toes turned out towards the corners of your mat. Let the tongue come away from the roof of your mouth and your teeth. And your neck, throat, and head are also relaxed. There is no particular way to breathe right now. Just know that you are and you don't have to think about it. So let's just take a few moments now to breathe and be in this quiet, safe space for five minutes.
taking your time, start to find yourself coming back into the room if you drifted away somewhere. You can wiggle your toes, maybe turn your head gently side to side. Try stretching your arms up high and long over your head and pull one wrist and then the other. Roll the ankles, flex those toes once more. And then as you start to roll over to one side, bring your knees in close to the body and rest your head in the crook of your elbow for a few breaths. Slowly feel your body, your consciousness, your heart coming back into the physical world. And as you feel ready, support yourself with your hands coming up into a comfortable seated position. Sit up nice and tall. On a breath in, reach your arms up high above you. Bring the palms together and then towards your heart center as you breathe out. Let's take a moment and bow our heads towards our fingers and choose this moment for gratitude. It can be for anything, your practice, yourself, your family, something that came up for you in this practice, a loved one. What is it for you today? On your next breath in, raise your pressed palms from your heart to your forehead, that space nestled right between your eyebrows that is known as your third eye and the seat of your intuition. Acknowledge that special place for you and trust that it continues to guide you forward and towards whatever it is you need to know. On our next breath out, we bow forward, acknowledging our practice, ourselves, our community, and all the teachers who have come together to result in the beauty of this one perfect moment. As you lift back up, open your eyes, start to blink and look around you, seeing how you feel. It might feel right to journal for a little while, or maybe you want something to drink or to eat. Listen closely to what your mind and your body are telling you about what you need right now, and honor that. As we close out today's practice, I'd love to remind you again to please share your feedback, questions, and revelations with me at myyogaaudio at gmail.com. Follow us along on Instagram at my.yoga.audio for visual tips. Let's keep being connected and continue to build this community one step at a time. Finally, I wanted to let you all know something exciting that's coming up on Saturday, October 24th. I'll be going on the radio with local host Wanda Abney from 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. on her show, Full Circle, Empowerment Through Conversation on radio station 97.5. We'll primarily be talking about my book, The End of Me, but with two hours, who knows what else could happen? It's an exciting moment for me, and I do hope that you'll join us. If you want to get to know more about the show and the station, you can follow Full Circle 97.5 on Facebook and Instagram. And her radio show is also available as a podcast called Ms. Wanda's Full Circle Radio on iHeartRadio, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, and Stitcher. You can also subscribe to her SoundCloud page to hear past episodes of this special bi-monthly show dedicated to health and wellness. So thank you for being here today 
And until next time, keep listening closely, expand exponentially, and remember, it's always a good time for your mind to be on the mat.